Yeah, yeah. It's a, I think it's a common one. Um, so, yeah, so I spent a lot of my 20s compromising on what I wanted to do. And then eventually um, I was in grad school when I kind of, I don't know, like came to a place where I realized that like my soul was dying and I couldn't, I couldn't do what I was doing anymore and ended up, you know, leaving my husband, quitting grad school. I, I had enough credits to get my degree, but I quit my thesis. So I ended up graduating with a non-thesis science degree, which means you can't really work in academia. You can do a lot of other things, but you're not going to ever go on to be a professor or anything um, or a researcher. But, um, but I, it was pretty clear that I didn't want to anyway at that point. So yeah, so I ended up, you know, quitting grad school, leaving my husband and moving away from my like, you know, easy house outside of town and running off to northern Ontario um, with someone that I met at a friend's wedding who was about to go out on this crazy journey and um, living up there for a while until the Canadian government kicked us out. <laughs> and from that moment on, just really absolutely devoted to living my life and not compromising on that again and living a much wilder, less conventional life. Um, but yeah, I've, I came to that through compromising and trying to, you know, quote, be normal and live a normal life for a while and just being absolutely miserable and feeling trapped and, um, yeah. And you, you gave know, up learned, the safety. Learned the hard way. You gave up the safety for your gave truth. Up the safety for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I did yeah. the same thing. I was married for a long time and, and I left him and all, it's very, very similar story, very depressed, trying to, blah, blah, and now I do what I want. Yay! So I'm glad that you, yeah, I have and like, I think it's, it's been gratifying because, yeah. Oh, I just have a, I have a couple more questions for you because we've been going for an hour and I don't want to take up too much of your time because you're so awesome. But I mean, I, I want <laughs> to take up all of your time, but I don't, I also don't want to, you know, so finish your thing. And then I have like two more questions. Oh, I was just going to say that at the time, I think it was hard, you know, it was like quite devastating for my husband. We're still very good friends. He's a wonderful man. But, you know, I think at the time he never really believed me about why I was dissatisfied and how I said I wanted to live. Um, and, you know, because I was not doing those things. I had been compromising. So it's like, yeah, you say that. But but I think now, and especially after alone, now he's like, okay, yeah, I, I get it now. I get the, what you were saying all along of what you actually needed and wanted. Yeah. It makes more sense now. <laughs> 73 so it's gratifying days. in that way, but like, yeah. Uh, so have you ever thought of going back to your Arctic Peninsula, like during the summer? I would love to. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd love to. I mean, once once I have a little bit more space in my life, that is definitely um, a very much a goal. I intend, I intend to do so. I also intend to spend some time on that lake places where one can actually catch fish and just gorge on trout <laughs> yeah i saw those beautiful fish um okay so yeah. my last question it might be totally inappropriate but and i can cut it out of the interview <laughs> if you want okay the way i came to the show because i i'm a stand-up comedian i watched the show <laughs> And I was like, I don't, I don't watch porn. It's not my thing. It's not, I'm not into it. But <laughs> I was watching alone because it hits all of my triggers. Like, it's like emotional lumberjacks crying. It's like survival starving. <laughs> it's like all the Laura Ingalls Wilder stuff I love. So I made this like big long joke that I've done on stage about how it's my porn and I, I masturbate to it when I'm alone, quote unquote, right? So my question is, That's great. when you're out there and we're at the base of humanity, was there any like 
sexy time feel? Did it not even enter your head at all? Or was there any like, I mean, were you so, I'm just, because I'm, I'm thinking about ancestral skills and I'm thinking about people used to live out there and babies were made yeah. and this is a part of being human. <laughs> right. I mean, I was isolated the whole time, um, but yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I don't, I, I think probably differently than you experience it because to me it's my norm you know I think that often things that people eroticize are things that are like outside of their norm and therefore exciting and so in that way that that experience wasn't but there is definitely something about that like that primal energy of being out on you know in a wild place and um experience things in the way it's very you know it's very physical it's very rooted in the body and it's you know the like life and death and like getting down to the nitty-gritty of life and sure there's there's a sexual energy in there and uh and yeah no that like towards the end where I had been starving. And just so you know, like I tend to be kind of a no hold barred kind of person. I'm, I'm pretty, um, <laughs> I'm a pretty open book, so it doesn't feel inappropriate, but, um, you can edit it out if you think. No, no, I, I'm fine with it. But I yeah, watched no. the whole poop. I watched the whole poop video and I was like, it's scintillated. <laughs> like, I watched right. the whole 22 yeah, minute poop yeah. video. I was like, all right. right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, I tend to just talk about the stuff that needs talking about. So whatever. But yeah, no, I mean, I would say that like that, uh, there wasn't like more sexual energy for me out there than there would be otherwise, but it wasn't absent um, until towards the end when I had been really starving for a long freaking time. Because, you know, like starting to digest your own muscles kind of takes it out of you. Right, right. <laughs> There's actually a moment where when they were out for a medical check and uh, I, I somehow like this happens to me where I will say something and not realize the connotation of it afterwards. But there was something where I like invited one of the people to spend the night in my cabin with me, one the, which like obviously it was not going to happen. But like, and, and the, the film people were kind of like, "Ooh, should we like be present for this conversation?" And then I was like, "Oh, that did sound like that, didn't it?" But uh, <laughs> do you want to spend the night but, um, in my yeah, that, wilderness that cabin? <laughs> I think it was, like, just after I had made the bed or something. They're like, oh, yeah, that looks pretty cozy. And I'm like, heck, yeah, it is. Yeah, try it out. Um, <laughs> something like that. But I always I always laugh that everybody was, like, everybody turned a little bit red after that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's – well, I, this has been amazing. Can you, like, plug Bucks Begin Revolution? Give us your website, your YouTube, what you – you know, how people can – like, do you have a book? Can have you read? Have you written a book yet? When's your book coming out? Like, um, I have I have several book projects in the works right now. Um, so yeah, there's a lot that I can say about all of that. So my business is Buckskin Revolution, and um, you know, the mission of my business is to empower people with the skills to you know, tend to their needs with their own two hands and from the landscape around them. And so it's about, it's about ancestral skills. And it's also about applying those skills, like having those skills, even if we don't use them, but knowing that we have them changes how we are in our daily life and comes, has us coming from a place that is uh, feeling empowered rather than feeling trapped in the system and feeling like a whole person who is actually using the the physiology that we evolved to have um and also you know just recognizing ourselves as 
wild creatures and with a profound relationship to the wild. So having things in our daily lives, whatever they might be, that remind us of our connection to landscapes outside. You know, you might not need to go out and forage your own food every day, but could you have a little, you know, a buckskin bag hanging on your wall where you know that it came from a wild creature and therefore it's kind of an anchor for the wild in your life, even if you're living in an apartment building in the Bronx, you know, wherever you find yourself, can you, can you integrate a little bit of the wild into your life? Um, so, you know, connection to the landscape around us, connection to who we are on a deeper level, connection to our human community, connection to our ancestors, um, and skills for actually land-based living, you know, um, growing, storing, um, food, medicines, all of those things. So, um, and part of my mission really is to spread those as far and wide as I can. And that's why I've been focusing more on, um, you know, videos and online courses and writing recently. And I, you know, have traveled around the country teaching this stuff for the past several decades. Um, and that's been a huge part of my life. And that's really rewarding to me. And I intend to keep doing it. But these days, since the bigger platform um, and the publicity of a loan, a lot more people are interested in what I'm doing. So I'm trying to, um, to branch into the video stuff to make it more accessible to people who couldn't come and do a class in person. So there's a lot of ways to be involved in what I'm doing. Um, I have an online skills gathering happening right now. Last week is going to be the last week to register for that. But that's uh, an entire you know, week's worth of classes spread out over 10 weeks of all of the skills like we're talking about, all of the background that, um, that you know, prepares you for more time in the wild and more land-based living. Um, also, I have a Patreon membership, which is a, a crowdfunding platform, but it's a membership-based, so you're, you know, um, you're part of a team, basically the Buckskin Revolution Patreon team. So that is a huge part of allowing me to do a lot of the videos and writing, and eventually I'm hoping to be able to hire people to help me with my video editing because I can only – I'm doing everything myself right oh, now, and there's yeah. only so much I can produce, so I could get a lot more out there if I had more support um, and able to, to hire folks to support me in that. So check me out on Patreon. That is www.patreon.com backslash Wonia Buckskin Revolution. And you get all kinds of benefits for that. And it's a lot more interactive and reciprocal and, you know, exclusive content and, you know, merchandise for certain things, your name in my books and getting to ask questions and a lot more, a lot more interaction. Um, so I really encourage people to do that. That's a huge part of what supports me right now in being able to do this stuff. Um, the mailing list on my website will get you um, in my system so that you get my newsletters, which has my teaching schedule. Um, obviously, most of my in-person teaching has been canceled um, due to COVID, but I will be getting back to that. And I also do mentoring through um, Sage FM, which is, a, which is a mentoring platform where folks can call in and do um, live video and phone consultations. And so that's a way to, you know, get one-on-one -on -one help with your skills um, and, you know, like I can walk you through brain tanning. You can ask questions about a loan. You can ask questions about, I just had a great conversation last week about how to keep a positive attitude in the face of challenges and adversity. Um, so yeah, I'm really trying to do what I can to make a positive impact on the world. And um, also, you know, social justice is a part of, of Buckskin Revolution and a part of the revolution. And so trying to make these skills more accessible to more people because I feel like, you know, there are a lot of people who are disenfranchised and yeah. don't have access to even just getting out into the woods and nature. So trying to do what I can to spread access in more ways so that more people, you know, feel empowered and feel like they have some control over their, their lives and their choices and they're not just 
pawns in a system that they don't understand um, and, you know, can't control, which, like, I get because that's how I felt in my 20s when I was trying to plug into the system and it wasn't working for me. Um, You're amazing. Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, there are so many ways to be involved in what I'm doing. And, yes, I do have a couple books. My Patreon members have access to my writing before it's published. Mm. For many years, I was selling the rough draft of my book about buckskin clothing. Right now, the only way that you can get that is if you're a Patreon member. At certain levels, you get that rough draft copy of my book that's close to published but not there yet. Um, you get that for free at certain levels, or you get to buy it for a discounted rate at other levels. So, um yeah, working hard to pump a lot of good resources out there into the world so we have a society of happier, healthier, more whole, more empowered, more inspired, and inspiring people. Yay! This has been, like, <laughs> the highlight of my whole, like, I can't even tell you, this is a dream come to fruition. I never thought, you're a real person, doing real things. <laughs> ah. I am. Yeah. There are all, the other things we didn't get into are like your philosophies on entitlement and like feminism and stuff, but maybe another time. This has been incredible and I thank you so much for your time and I, and I can't wait to see what happens next um with you and Buckskin Revolution and everything else online and everybody join the Patreon and thank, thank you. you so much for talking to me on Mutiny Radio. Uh, and I I'm hope so that glad we can, to. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, I hope we can promote anything that you're doing in the future. Again, this has been like, thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Enjoy <laughs> the sunshine. Thank you. And I thought the cat was alive. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay. Yeah, no problem. Right. Well, yeah. thanks so much for your time. And I hope to talk to you again someday thanks, soon. Sam. Have a great day. Bye. Sounds great. Yep, we'll be in touch. Yep, all right. Bye. <laughs> That that was Ronia Dot Ronia Thabeau, everyone. You can see her online on uh on Facebook. Her fan page is uh Winia Dawn. And that has been an awesome interview. And I'm so proud of myself because I didn't cry. I didn't cry. All right. So call me Tim, everyone. I've been Pam Benjamin. That was Winia Dawn. This is MutinyRadio.fm. Hey, hit up our uh, Venmo. Mutiny Radio, all one word. Let's watch full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. Hi. Let's watch This is Carl. Movie. I'm Mike's friend. On YouTube I wrote Michael this song. Spiegelman. My turn-ons are sad Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That is the name of our podcast. Search for L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. 
and we have a YouTube channel. It stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. And Carl, good to see you, man. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. I can't exactly see you, but um, good to Skype you. Good to Skype you, man. Good to Skype you. Uh, Carl, we have a special guest. We have Paul Brumbaugh on the line. Hi, Paul. Ta-da! Great to be here, guys. Paul and I... And Carl, we are all part of Mutiny Radio, and you can hear our shows first every Sunday. Just type in mutinyradio.fm into whatever, and you will get our uh, streaming service. Uh, Paul Brumma has a great, great, great podcast called The Edge of Insanity that is on Sundays at noon. It's also available on iTunes, etc. And then we follow at 2 p.m. This is all Pacific Standard Time yeah. on Sunday. We do what our title says. We L W A F L M O Y T. It's so obvious. Carl, what movie are we watching today? Today we are watching Carnosaur, 1993. Carnosaur. So that's what you. Carnosaur. So you go. It's C A R N O S A U R. That's what you put in your YouTube search engine. Nineteen. Oh, so it's not carne with an E. Yeah. Meat sore. Right, it's and not. It's not Coronasaur, and it's not Coronasaur. <laughs> oh no, not the Coronasaur. <laughs> That's a million-dollar idea, Paul. Yes, I know. So we like the channel D P O E N, D P O E N, D P O E N. Yeah, Carnosaur, 1993. Roger Corman. D P O E N is the channel we like. Okay, so we want you to go find that, search for it, and when you see the link, click it, and then once you get to the page, hit pause, for God's sake, move the slider to the left, so it should be zero, zero, zero. Did you do that? Good. We're very excited, and we're very honored to have the Countdown King himself, the maestro of descending numerals. Let's get ready to brumba. The world doesn't move on the beat of a different brum. Brum, 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 under brumba. Please, please give it up. Bird Paul Brumba. Yeah. Hey. Brumba. All right. Good to be here, guys. Man, I am so excited about this. Carnosaur. See, and I had it all mixed up with the other week's show with uh, the Elvis flick, but we won't even talk about that. Elvis is a carnosaur. All right, cool. Here we go. <laughs> do this in true carnosaur uh, style. <laughs> Let's do this in three. Oh, put your finger over the little triangle. Right. I almost forgot my own mind. Wow. Holy smokes. Let's do this. Let's do it in three, <laughs> two, one, go. New Horizons, Roger Corman. He didn't direct this movie, right? It's just no. he presents it. Yeah, Director's the same Corman guy we saw last week, right? Adam Simon. Yeah. So, the, wait a minute. The director of Brain Dead directed Carnosaur? Right. And he has the balls to put Brain Dead in this movie. So, one of the characters watches his previously directed movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not even Quentin Tarantino and he's kissing his own butt. The worst part is they're doing a movie podcast about it in real time. It <laughs> really? took my idea. Our idea. Yeah, and everyone else's idea. Oh, right. 
Oh, it's the start of us. Chickens. Uh oh. Bok chickens. <laughs> Aaron Osborne is a chicken. No, these are ostriches. This is the target species chicken. Oostalike. Target species. None of these chickens. See, it says iguana. Iguana. Sample. Yeah. So yeah. what they're doing is some genetic splicing here, and they're trying to arrive at a dinosaur. You know why they added the lizard? Because iguana add lizard to it. Mm-hmm. Iguana. Uh, e I iguana think do iguana. It. I think iguana do it. Yeah, I'll ask him, but I think iguana. Yeah. So he's they're mutating chickens into like a super monster. Ooh, look at that blood. Albatross. That was a big problem about the project. That albatross that hung on them like something. Yeah, it hung around uh -oh, their pelican. Oh, they're naked chickens. The Corman's Wow. Corman's executive produced this, but this is directed by Brain Dead Director. Right, Adam really? Simon, the guy who the the player, the movie The Player pokes fun at. And um Yeah, you can you tell that story again cuz that's a great story you had mentioned in last week's episode. Well, I mean, it's just it was part of the movie. Uh the the player was Tim Tim Robbins and it his he's Griffin Mill and uh they're shooting some movie and he just says, "Who let Adam Simon on the lot?" They're just Stabbing him. Okay, here's a meeting. <laughs> here's a meeting, and this guy wants to know uh, where Dr. Jane Tiptree is because she's gone missing. Ah, she has, huh? Dr. Jane Tiptree. Do they call her? Tree. It's a taser. Dr. Jane Tiptree. Well, you oh, we tried everything. The, um, There's no response. <laughs> we yeah right did you page her it's it's yes it's 1993 of course we paged her we paged her we faxed her we sent a telegram what else can we do now you remember the, the Eunice corporation from last movie um certainly they were doing a lot of brain dead experimentation right uh, on a serial killer or something and it had know, an infinity hacker. symbol, like the sideways eight. Yeah, he made a big deal out of that, Adam Simon. Yes, the infinity. Does it show up at Carnosaur? Well, yes. As a matter of fact, right now, the guy from Eunice Corporation is saying, yeah, we got Dr. Jane Tiptree. Uh, we see it says Eunice on the camera. Yeah, look at there it is. It's, it's going to say Eunice this is part of the everything. So this is part of the Adam Simonverse. Yes. Okay, Diane Ladd, she is Dr. Jane Tiptree. It says it right there, Carl. She's working in secret for Eunice, and she has to have total seclusion, and they're not allowed to know what she's working on for three years, or they lose the rights yeah. of their patents. So five bucks says she never leaves this set. Five bucks? I am not taking that bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you seen it. How many times have you seen Carter for? I've seen it four times. This is my fifth time. Oh, dear Lord. 
dear Lord. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, well, it was great having you, Carl. Let's just stop this. <laughs> Imagine this is an elaborate prank. I just wanted you to watch Carter Surf and Five Times. Da, 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 da. Thank you. Uh, we just came in to clean up. <laughs> Diane, oh, no, they're on TV. Five days on this film. Five days, and she was right there in that uh, set the whole time. And she's top villain. And, and she's, you know, I, full disclosure, I did see this movie in the theater in 1993. Wow. Uh, and she was the best part of it. Okay. So, you know, one of the things we should mention is that Corman is the master of uh, just ripping off the current movies. And this came out the same weekend as Jurassic Park, which uh, gave him enough free publicity. Well, it was look, theatrically released, and I right. saw it. Yeah. I just want to say that the guy who I did saw it in Brooklyn. Two, the guy who did Cars Life Two, he's the master. He's the master. But uh, Roger, You're right? Car- no, I take that back. In- Go ahead, tell them. You tell everybody like Jurassic Park was coming out. Yeah, so Jurassic Park was coming out, and his idea was to release a a killer dinosaur movie of his own, Carnosaur, and it played at the Brookline in Brookline, Massachusetts. There's a movie house, like an art house, and they showed it. And everyone, including myself, lined up because here's a chance to see a Roger Corman movie in 1993 in the theater. And we were really excited. It was the new Corman. Uh, this was before he, he was cranking out sci-fi movies and he had other mediums to deliver his films. But uh, the movie was terrible. I mean, I, I, at least from what I remember, it was an awful experience. But we experienced it together. Right. You remember right. Oh, to, you know, traditionally on this show, we I asked you at the end of the movie, did you like this movie? But I, I'm going to cut all pretensions and just ask you in the first 10 minutes of our watching, did uh, you think it was film? No, I did not. Uh, this was not well done. No. All right. Okay. So we're proud because I have seen this and I, I agree. This is really not well done. So the, we'll see why still uh, as the film goes on. There's reasons to like it, and it's good yeah. on your show, but it's just not enough to be like. I mean, I wouldn't watch it a sixth time. <laughs> what about the sequels? Are you going to see Carnosaur Two or Carnosaur Three? Nope, you're right about that. There was Carnosaur Two and Carnosaur Three, and then there were two spin-offs. They just didn't call them Carnosaur. One was called Raptor, and one was called The Eden Formula. So that makes five films off of thanks to Jurassic Park was going to one day come out. Wow. <laughs> That's a nut. Yeah. Uh, you know, this plan looks pretty foul. <laughs> okay. So poultry plan. Something is missing, you see, and Jane Tiptree wants it back. And so they're saying nobody is in and out of the place. So the driver goes, come on, bud. I got to be in such and such in five hours and I'm late, you know. So he let him out. So in the back of this chicken truck is something mysterious. Uh, Does it rhyme with dinosaur? (laughs) It does rhyme with dinosaur, yes. (laughs) Actually, dinosaur and carnosaur, that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought this movie was carnosaur, like it was made out of meat. Yeah, he's a carnivore. Carnosaur. 
Yeah. Carnivore. Oh. But he. So, but the, he doesn't eat plants then, right? He's not an omnivore. Omnivore. No, he's not an omnivore. No. Omnivore. Um, I'm starting an all plant based diet. Mike, did I tell you about that? No, Carl. You didn't tell me about your all plant diet. Yeah, I mean. Plant based diet. Well, by all plant-based, I mean only foods that have been manufactured in a food processing plant. Well, <laughs> like mac and cheese, craft yeah. mac and cheese. Oh, yeah, sure, but of course, but 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 no, especially Funyuns. Funyuns are the shit, yo. <laughs> no, they're all natural. I mean, they're not made out of, like, imaginary stuff. No, they're made out of fun. Yeah. Okay, so what's happened is what's escaped from Jane Tiptree's lab uh, has now killed. It killed chickens, and then it killed the chicken driver. Now, here's Brain Dead. Really? He looks cool, man. He looks like Arnold. I thought that was Arnold Schwarzenegger for a second. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, be drinking beer. Oh, he's not even drinking beer. He's going for the hard stuff. No, that's a beer. He says, better a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. A bottle. Oh, boy. Aaron Simon, he, he fucking got the continuity going. That's a reference to his previous film where he got a lobotomy or he gave a lobotomy. He gave, gave a lobotomy. Okay, now this guy's job is to protect all the heavy equipment on this mountain where they're strip mining. And the hippy-dippy guys uh-huh. are like fucking with them because they don't like the big corporation. And that's why he's shooting at them? Right. Seems extreme. Well, it's keeping them away can't, like, from wait. the site, you know. Yeah. So he could wave like a, a stick at him. Dang hippies. Now it's this. Parade. Uh oh no, he's a killdozer. <laughs> That's right. Good one, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that was a switch. Let's, uh, let's hope he. Oh, phew. Oh no, it's a killdozer soundtrack. Blip 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 blip. Oh no, it's now now it's followed by the band killdozer. Knuckles was a dog was a very fine dog. Remember no. how they all looked the same? Like they got one actor to save money. Jesus Christ, that was the second time I did extensive research, and I just couldn't tell any of those guys apart. <laughs> See how it's just... four people in that movie. You know, on a, on a heavy loader? Yeah. Okay, he's found a prisoner. And she's... Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Kelly Kristen. It's uh, Jennifer Runyon. Becca DeMonet. And she was in Ghostbusters. Jennifer Runyon? Do you remember they were doing that test? The, uh, yeah. Like, what, a couple she of wavy was, lines? Like, what do I have on the card? She was, the, right. yeah, the flirt flirt bait for uh, Bill Murray. That's a memorable scene. Yeah. But that was like 11 years prior to this. That was 84. Uh, nine years. 84, yeah. And then she was on Charles in Charge from 84 to 87. 
as um, well. Why, way to bury the lead, Carl. Way to bury the lead. Of course, I know who she is. She's Charles <laughs> in charge, the first family. And she was Cindy Brady in A Very Brady Christmas, 1988. This is her last thing she ever did on camera. She she quit after this. Wow. Well, let's uh, be grateful that she's in this movie then. Yes. Very Brady Christmas. Yeah, Jennifer Funyon. <laughs> Funyuns are. Did she play Marsha? Did she replace somebody? Did Funyun replace somebody? No, heiress to the heiress to the Funyun. As you know from reading uh, Hollywood Dogs That Drink, Cindy. Yes, they had a tiger for Brady Bunch. Right, Cindy was a, you know, Cindy fell into ruin after the Brady Bunch, and she tried to sleep with what's that dog's name? Tiger. Tiger. Yeah, remember she was like. Yanking on his pocket rocket, it's in the book. Uh, so they needed somebody to be Cindy because Cindy was <laughs> now nowhere to be found, and that was Jennifer Runyon. Interesting. Now this is the coroner. Wow, that's a claim to fame. It is, yeah. and I don't know why she went away. Her name is Thrush in this film, like it's their hippie name. Her oh. real name is Anne. And this guy is a professional coroner who doesn't wear goggles or masks when cutting out shit. Good, good to know. <laughs> right, his mask is down. Even, yeah, even Quincy puts up, ties his fucking mask up. Right. You know, every time they go to a coroner in any movie, it's never got blood on the it. Medical exam, no blood on it. Yeah, look, I'm gonna use. I I don't have time to uh, take my glove off, so I'll just use the rotary phone now. <laughs> yeah, and spread the germ. Nine, eight. Yeah. Now, you know, my favorite part of medical examiners in movies, they're always eating a sandwich when they show up. <laughs> what do you got? Well, you know, right? Because it wants to show that they're so used to gore. Yeah, right. They don't even care. And they also don't mind when, like, Dirty Harry shows up. Oh, Harry, hey, way to break up the monotony of my day. I just went through two corpses. Yeah, of course I'll talk about this body. <laughs> Now, the guy who wrote a book called Carnosaur was approached to write the screenplay in 1991 uh, by Corman's wife, Julie, but they didn't do anything with it until Jurassic Park. He bought the rights to this in 91, but it just sat around, and then when, when Jurassic Park was coming out, okay, there was this guy, Mike Elliott, he's the co-producer, and he, and he says that Corman was like, now's the time to shoot because... He, you know, he knew he could make the movie faster than anyone else and get it out there, and he could he could eat the hype of Jurassic Park. Well, because Jurassic Park was hype to begin with. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, you, you know, my late father was a, a, a entertainment journalist and he did some book reviews and he would get some press copies, mm-hmm. and we received like a, an advanced copy of it, and it was like a hot item. You know what I mean, like. Even before the publication, everybody knew that Michael Crichton had cranked out like a mega yeah. movie, uh, mega, you know. Because it was so it was a it was very hot property. Yeah, and it was it was already optioned by the time it hit hardcover, uh, the first initial release. It was already optioned to be a movie. Yeah. So now you know, this book, Carnosaur, uh, predates Jurassic Park by six years. It was written six years earlier mm. than Michael Crichton's book. Do you think Crichton ripped them off? 
No. <laughs> like he did like he did the previous book, My Wife's in a Coma. Oh, what right. a great idea. <laughs> no, wasn't it like a Michael Christian did a, he's a weird guy, like pop culture-wise, because not yeah. only is he like a popular, famous novelist, but he wrote and directed his own movies, Westworld and Coma. Oh. He was like a mega movie director for, for Streak. Andronica Stream, is that in Westworld? I'm, I'm going to say, yeah. That's intense. I, I just got to tell you what happened. The doc, this sure. guy is a doctor, but he, he's he's a drunk, so now he's just guards uh, the, you know, the heavy equipment. But the girl ran away because he passed out drunk, right? So the cop right. took him and said, do you see the girl here? Now, clearly he did see the girl, but he lied and said, nah, she isn't here. So now Charles in Charge girl, Jennifer Funyon, has got a crush on the doc, is grateful to the doc. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, so this starts their bond. That's right. This starts their bond, sure. which will grow throughout the film. Here we are doing the work you know, of the heavy loader place. Okay, so yeah, Doc is cool of course sunset. drunk again, and Funyun shows up mm -hmm. to say thanks. Yeah, thanks for nothing. <laughs> Michael Crichton did direct uh, Westworld. Wow, I, I was uh, I was correct. I loved yeah, that. He's like an unstoppable force. Yeah, the first one's good. And then, you know, the future world was shot in my university, I believe. Uh, Brad Knight was used for... Brad? Yeah, there's, they had an auditorium that was so future-like. It appeared in... Brand... Brandeis, that's... I like to call it Brand... Yeah, right. Brandeis. You know how, like, you buy brand name rice? Brandeis. <laughs> Michael but took a chance on had an, uh, and rolled the Brandeis. <laughs> yeah, snake eyes. So, you know, like, uh, their grad, one of their grad auditorium is, like, futuristic looking, and they use it for the movie. And it's like, whoa, look at Peter Fonda. He's in the future. Yeah. So, wait, future world. Now, I saw Westworld. Uh, I right, better write that down. Will Brenner. Future World's the sequel. Well, there was, like, a TV show in 1980 called Beyond Westworld. Yeah, like it had a life of its own. Like it, the HBO show, which I enjoy, wasn't the only uh, Westworld TV show. Okay, Future World sounds very familiar, but you know what it was like. Westworld was big, and then there was a porno called Sex World, really, which I haven't seen. And then there was a, a sequel to Westworld, theatrical release called Future World, and then there was Beyond Westworld. Okay, Beyond Westworld, yeah, which was I, TV, a movie also? No, it was five episodes. Well, it was, uh, I think it was, an, it was a 1980 TV series. I just know of it because I know the uh, okay. Westworld universe, but I haven't seen it. I'm sure it's on the YouTube. Future World? Or you type it in the streaming service. Okay. Beyond Future uh No, Future World is the sequel. Yeah, yeah. And Beyond, then Beyond Westworld. Westworld, that's it. So Bronson, who wrote this book, problem? he didn't like this. Yeah. He didn't like it at all. This adaptation, 
in order to do things cheaply, they Bronson's book had a lot of dinosaurs. This one only has two dinosaurs. Right. Uh, uh, Gertie the dinosaur from Windsor McKay's cartoons right. and Barney and and Barney, and Barney the dinosaur yeah. for the two decades, uh, two centuries. All right, now Barney is getting pissed, and well, there goes Barney attacks. Oh no, and Barney Vision. What a 90s attack. It looks like an ad for. <laughs> oh my god, he's covered in fudge. He's wiping fudge all over everything. Oh no, the Carnosaur's ripping into her guts. Way yeah. to go. Edie, yeah. Now Simon. that was a hand sure it, puppet. There's so many hand puppet? Really? For real? Yeah, they did a lot of. Uh, they did a remote controlled puppet. They did a man in a suit. They did a, a full-size, like, 16-foot-tall robot. They did a lot of different things to make. There it is. Yeah. But that was the hand puppet right now. That Well, I don't know what that particular shot was. But anytime the dinosaur's up close and doing, like, a eating thing, it's it's the hand puppet. What kind of, how tall is the gentleman that was in the dinosaur suit? I mean, that was like a baby dinosaur. Yes, that's right, because this is early in the film, and the thing is growing. Mm. You see, the, the I was trying to tell you about the car, uh, the car coroner. Um, like, he isn't sure what did it, because the thing, it was like, um, the, like maybe the size of a bobcat, but it, but it sort of looks like lizard bites, it, you know, he... So later on, he'll be like, this is the same thing, but the bites are much bigger. That'll keep occurring. And he's like, hold me. Either there's more than one or this thing is growing. <laughs> okay, well, so what do you think it is? You've seen this movie. It's, yeah. it's growing. <laughs> so Eunice Corporation is now learning that they found a genetic marker in – you know, people who are getting killed, uh, and it's... Did it say Office Depot marker? That's pretty generic. <laughs> it was universal product symbol. Um, <laughs> and so, if it's true, that means a chicken is killing people. Cut to a guy eating chicken on the road. Right, and he's saying, you should have some, it's good for your health. Look, that's the guy in the suit. Ah, uh, right. Is the other guy Seth Green? Oh, that's the guy in the suit, really? Yeah, and there's Funyun walking home. Crunch. She and went to say because she's in a bright orange bag. But they fought. They fought about environmentalism. So she's walking. So she's out of here. Yeah. She's all pissed. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Right. Well, she's Cindy now, not Jan. But just for Christmas, and it was a very Brady Christmas because he was. It was uh, 1988, yeah, just before. Ah, uh, that's way. That's long in the tooth, Brady Bunch special. Yes, exactly. You know that they, was the they, nostalgia. They, yeah, and the thing is, like, they still crank it out. There was the HGTV show where they bought the Brady's exterior house. Mm -hmm. And then they had the cast of the original cast of Brady Bunch come in, and they re redid it to resemble the house. 
That's so like them to do that because they listen. That movie was that television show was popular, and when it when it was in syndication and on at like five o'clock every day, it turned into nostalgia for it. Right? They cashed in on that every chance they could. Right. No, sure. Well, a very Brady sequel in the uh, the first Brady Bunch movies in the nineties. They're both great. Yeah. Do you remember the stupid parody yeah, they, movie? It which was, one? It was like 2000. The Brady's. Remember the guy goes, Yeah, I think we're thinking it's a car, Jack. And he goes, Well, of course it's a car, right. but my name's not Jack. My it's name's Greg. Greg Brady. Sure, I thought, I thought that came out. I, that's the movie I'm talking about. Uh, but I think that came out in the 90s. Hmm. So I, that's possible. I do know, yeah. Yeah, I think so, because you, you I was talking about the, PSE&G. Yeah, you're my, yeah, I think you're right. I'll look it up. Now they're yeah. finding a dead guy by the road. Of course, he was eaten by a carnosaur. Well, yeah. You could you could tell, because there's like carnosaur chomps everywhere <laughs> on his body. Carnosaur chomps. And they they tip, <laughs> the carnosaur tip 10%, which you know they're lousy tippers when they eat. They're lousy tippers, those carnivores. So John Bronson was in 1984 was doing a like book signing tour, and Roger Corman was like, "Hmm, what's this?" That's when he took notice of him. And then his wife Julie, you know, his Roger Corman said, "Sick him," and she like made a deal <laughs> on a at a bar written on a napkin. Wow, that's classic. In 91, yeah. And that's what Diane Ladd read. Did they, what about the script? Do they use actual paper for the script, or they just no. put the napkins? Right. They used the napkins. <laughs> wow. A carnivore just ate the shit out of a... Oh. That's the puppet? Uh, I didn't pay attention to tell you, but if it's up close and, like, chewing out guts, it's the puppet. With someone's hand up his Gotcha. I love the font. It reminds me of like unskippable game scenes. Like, come on, I want to get to the action. <laughs> so he's telling the senator that this is the best blueberry pie he's ever tasted because it's like got a thin layer of goat embryo protecting it. And then the senator's like, bleh, gross. Yeah. I might as well say I, I left semen, my semen in the pie center. <laughs> get blah. I think we're. I think I'm a couple of seconds behind you, but that's okay. I'll live. It's because Paul does the countdown. He goes three, two, one. Then he goes whatever the fuck. You know he he doesn't. Right, he's got you in a rhythm. Three, two, one, and then you click. But no, he goes good, good, go. Right. Like you know, he always does that. Why does he's the countdown king? So he gets he everybody. He's the countdown off. king. He's the you know maestro I mean? descending numerals. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, he is the maestro descending numerals. So the saying the word go, he's a little wonky on it. So the thing is, Mike, how many times have you and I right? We get go. We should be a hundred percent synced, and you know. Like, that doesn't happen when it's the uh, Brumbot, right? Oh, 
well, I don't know about that. I'm not gonna bounce again. I'm not gonna pit human robot against human. Don't worry, he's not gonna listen to this show. Okay, so we're back to Jane Tiptree. Um, Diane, yeah, I see it. It says that. What's, what's her latitude? Uh, and what's her latitude and, and longitude? Well, it where wherever this lab is, that's her all the only place she's gonna. Okay, now we find out that right. she's a son of a bitch. She's got the guy who let the dinosaur go. And she's like right. kidnapped his daughter. And now he's a prisoner. How, how does he kidnap the daughter without leaving the lab? I don't know. And then she's like making him feel terrible. See, she's like, yes, feel angry. Allow yourself to feel that. She's being such an a-hole. <laughs> and she lies that the daughter's alive and then has a dinosaur eat this guy. <laughs> so uh, let me get this straight, Carl, because you have seen this movie five times. Yes. She says, how did your carelessness cause dinosaurs to eat people? And that is cardinal sin. So right. I'm going to have a dinosaur eat you. Right. That's right. I'm going to kidnap your daughter to get you here. I'm going to lie to you about her health and well-being, and then I'm going to have a dino eat you. See, that's just like, why can't you just have the dino eat you? Why do you have to kidnap the daughter? Like, what are you going to do? Like, okay, uh, there's no ransom money because your father has been eaten by a carnosaur. <laughs> Eunice Corporation. Look, uh, he's in like a... Yeah. Is it a super collider? Yeah, you think they shot that in a super collider? This... I would doubt it. You can it. see a scientist in the background going. Line. You can see a scientist in the background going, listen, Julie, we're just doing this for the money. <laughs> yeah, we took Corman's money. But they were in and out in two hours. Oh, my name is Adam Simon. I've directed Diane Ladd. <laughs> oh, well, come on in. Please. St. Peter opens the doors for you. Well, he also... He was in Carnotaur. Uh, oh! He wrote the script called Bones. It was a Snoop Dogg vehicle. Uh, he did The Haunting in Connecticut in 2009. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that movie. <laughs> okay, he created... Oh, that was the scariest tricep. He created and produced the TV series Salem, 2014 to 2017. That's pretty good. I get, yeah, I remember that. I I do know that Haunting in Connecticut is probably the scariest tri-state movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I I wanted to say that. I tried to state it. I try I try state. I tried to I try. Tried state to... It. I try. You can. You yeah, know what's funny? Connecticut thinks Connecticut. it's New England. Isn't that funny? No, it's Tri-State. I know, it's in, two, it's in both New England and Lucky Them and Tri-State. They they're New England. So you get, really they get two England. kinds of... Well, if you still watch uh, terrestrial TV on, in Connecticut, you get two kinds of ads, one aimed for the Tri-State and one aimed right. for the New England. New England. They think the Patriots represent them. As soon as you yeah. drive into well, Connecticut, it's, right, it's like a border town. You drive uh -huh. in there, you start seeing all these old-timey uh, uh, New England-style architecture. <laughs> but it, 
it's everyone's drinking moxie cola. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like weird potato chips. Like this, these aren't wise. Where's the wise potato chips? Yeah. Oh, you're in Connecticut now. Cape Cod can potato all... chips. Cause we're so it's, it's old like mother goose. Trying to say like, see, see, you've arrived. Yup. Uh huh. You're here, New England. No, 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 Connecticut. You're a border town. Well, I always thought it was like in New Jersey, you could say, well, there's northern New Jersey and there's southern New Jersey. Right. But is there like something in Connecticut that's like half tri-state the state and then half New England the state? Good question. I wouldn't know. Good, good question. Uh, Look, Ron Howard's uh, brother, Gentle Ben. Chris. Uh, Star Trek reference. That is our Star Trek Remember when he was four years old? Ooh, and that chili was in Next Generation. <laughs> His name is Fryer in this. Oh, by the way, everyone's been sneezing. Like everybody has a cold. That'll play into the. That'll play into the plot. Yeah. But not in a good way, I take it. You remember Gentle Ben? You're just a. I'm just a little older than you. You probably missed Gentle Ben. Yeah, I mean, there were repeats, but I don't think I, I watched it as heavily as I did, say, The Brady Bunch. Yeah. Well, duh. No, but Gentle Ben was when I was just old enough to, like, realize TV was a thing. Like, I'm just a little – I think I'm two years older than you. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Maybe a year and a half. When are you born? 68? Late 68. Late 68, and I'm early so October. 66. So, yeah, it's less. Hey, look, it's the producer and his wife in the movie. <laughs> That's right. It's not. But it's just some goof. Uh, okay, so you probably know it's him. From, uh, he was in uh, Apollo 13. Uh, yeah, we, we, we've thought every time he's in every one of his brother's movies right. for the most part. And he's Austin Powers, like the Ice Cream Man. Yeah, yeah, he's in Austin Powers. Well, he only does a cameo. He'll remember at the end of the Austin Powers movies that like they sounds like they're going to say penis or dick, and then right. they cut to someone else saying something else. Yeah, that was his bit. Yeah, he'll say, "According to the radar, it looks like the rockets is going straight up there. Arsenal, we need more arsenal." Okay, so they chained themselves. This is the robot. They chain themselves to the um, heavy equipment. And Doc said, you know what? Forget it. There's something. Look, he goes, yeah, hey, my green friend. <laughs> now, look, this guy's name, oh, yeah. his name is Pizza. His name is Pizza. Okay. Yeah. Looks like uh, not delivery. Robot. Oh, no. Yeah. Watch his face. Oh. Pizza! Yeah, it looks like Roadkill. Yeah, pizza. Looks like pizza. Marinara. Okay, so now the girl, it lady's like going to get it. Now, you will see an, somebody tugging her fuck? foot. You'll see his hand on camera. Okay. Right? All right. Not yet. Not well, yet. Now, you should see his ha a hand, see? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Total curve. Look now, at that upskirt. Mom, when she loses her leg, she's like, "Okay, he's he's busy uh, eating my oh, leg." Oh, okay. 
Yeah, well, you know, I get kind of, look at him, he's picking his teeth with it. Yeah, I'm looking like a good stogie. Should, hey, Carl, do you want to pause or something? Because I'm a couple of seconds behind you, but I, I mean, normally I am anyway. Uh, yeah, okay, so uh, I'm at 05, 06, 07, 08, 09. What okay. about you? I'm at 06 right now. Okay, so I want you to keep going, and you tell me when you get to 20, okay? Okay, sounds good. I'm going to get there in when you three. Get to 21. Okay, 21. Okay, that sucks. All right. That was not counting. Where are you now? <laughs> well, you, you said 21 when it was at 20. I, uh, you know. Okay, so I'm at 32, 33, 34, 35. What about you? Okay, we're, at this, we're queued up. We're good. Oh, we're good. good. Okay. We got the bridge. He's coughing. He's passing by a pukey body, but he didn't puke. That's pizza. So he's upset because they're all dead. And you know what that means. That means girl's dead. But now he finds her. She isn't. Oh, no. She's our hero. She, she gets the same kind of abuse that everyone else does because she doesn't drop dead instantly. Well, you see that usually these like, two are they... fighting, right? So now, you know, now it's being shown his real feelings. He really likes her. So this is the coroner talking to the cop about the bites getting bigger. Oh, huh, I wonder if they could figure this out. Quincy. Maybe. So wait, is Carnosaur growing, like, exponentially? Like, yeah. Fast growth. Wow, this acting is pretty wooden. Oh, that's the corpse, sorry. He's the corpse. <laughs> Good one. Ugh. Some dinosaur bite. Don't worry, I'm a professional. I worked at Jurassic Park. I've seen this before. <laughs> now, the body count in this is only 32. I think that's pretty low. That's pretty fucking high. It's good. Like, usually these movies, you know, the carnosaur just shows up randomly and then eats one or two. But they've already, he's already eaten a good number of people. Okay. I think. He, I don't know. All right, thirty-two is. You think thirty-two is a fair body count? I uh, yes, sir. I think it's a, a more than generous body count. Oh, by the way, Rod, Roger Ebert said this was the worst movie of '93. Well, I'm going to agree with Mr. Ebert for once. Yeah, and of course that <laughs> asshole fiscal just to be different was like, I liked it. Get out! How can you like this? Right. Now, I mean, really, we've already tipped our hat. We hate this movie, but I mean, how can you hit like? So what she's doing now is finding his drawings and stuff, and being like, maybe he's not such a bad guy. But then she finds like this bloody stuff. You. I thought she was like, he did have etchings back in his bedroom. It wasn't bullshit. Uh-oh. Press the X button. Now, that was enough to get rid of Carnosaur. Carnosaur was like, all right, fuck it then. I'll, I can eat plenty of people. I don't need to get shot at. Yeah, hey, man. I'm not bullet sore. I eat meat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why would you feed me bullet? That looks like a region. 
Not again. Oh, I let that carnosaur escape. This guy's name is Raphael Sabarge, and it's S-B-A-R-G-E. Sabarge. No vowel. that. Yeah, like sub. Well, what's the name of that chain in the East Coast, Sabarge? Oh, right. Uh, the, is, that's a hot dog. Uh, S-B, you're right, you're right. That was a, remember, I think the Fat Boys went in there and cut screws. When they're all you can eat, and they eat, they go to Nathan's in New York and Times Square and eat and eat the wallpaper. I didn't see it on purpose. Uh, okay, now. Trust me, if it was on YouTube, we'd watch it. He's pretending to be a guy who's bringing back to Jane the the dinosaur. Okay, Jane Tiptree, but right. really it's. It's Doc. He wants to know what's going on. Now, this part of the, once again, we're in Biodome. We're in Biodome. Oh, wait a minute. So we watched uh, his last movie was also shot in the same location as the right. movie Biodome. Right. Well, he works cheap. I mean, then again, this is a Corman movie, as was the last one. So they, you know, he may not have a say in it. They may say, "Look, we got." Biodome it's a water yeah, okay, great. plant, and they they rent the place out a lot of times for a lot of movies. The Fugitive? Uh, the list isn't in front of me. I did read it to you last time. I know it's Biodome, and uh, there was Star Trek episodes shot there. Um, I forget now. But the thing is, it's nonsensical. What he does, he wants to understand what's going on. So he holds her at gunpoint, goes into her lab, and that's it. He's here for the rest of the film, and basically they have a long conversation. It doesn't make any sense. Really? Yeah, because, well, then, I mean, I remember something happening to Diane Ladd, which we'll have to wait to see, but you don't it happens in the uh, lab, right? We've been so good. It. We haven't ruined the ending of this movie. It All right, well, we are 45 it. minutes. Let's go ahead. Go ahead and ruin it because I want to make sure our listeners listen to the entirety of the movie. And they might abandon us before the end of this. Well, I want to say she'll give birth to a dinosaur, but she won't give birth to it. It'll pop out of her stomach. And it was on purpose. It was of her own design. It's her fiendish plot. See, there's eggs right there. It's kind of foreshadowing. So she got herself impregnated with Carnosaur, and she gave birth by dropping a Carnosaur egg, and then the Carnosaur popped out of it. She got everybody pregnant. She got them sick with a virus, and that virus somehow made a dinosaur grow in every woman. And every woman will give birth to a dinosaur and die. Including this woman. Yeah. the guy's hugging his pregnant wife. That's right. Holy Shit, what a fucking movie. So come for the Jurassic Park ripoff and stay for the forced impregnation of dinosaur baby eggs. Right. Th- spread through a contagion virus. Uh, it's to the virus to movie. And race and bring dinosaurs back. That's what Jane Tiptree wants this, to do. This movie. Holy fuck. That's the actual plot of this movie. Yeah. That is so depressing. I'm so bummed out by that. 
she's saying right now, I, I'm sick too. I have a fever. And he's like, go lay down. I'll make my own breakfast. Give me that. <laughs> now he's, he's going to make. He's a good husband. But something weird's going to happen. Uh -oh. Yeah, I don't want to see this. It's going to be all bloody and shit, right? Or there's going to be a dino baby in there? That's, well, yeah. No. Here's the first one. All right, here we go. Oh, come on, do three eggs, man. You know you want to eat a hearty breakfast. You're a big boy. One and, egg. Oh. What the? And it smells. It smells, too. Oh, good thing it has another bowl behind there. Yep. Got plenty. Where's that pile of clean bowls? Oh, by the sink. Ew. Oh, I'm glad we synced up for this. What? Oh, careful, you. Oh. Clutch? Oh. That's Clutzer. Oh, no. Gross. Or I'm going to pukey. Now, I would expect Roger Corman to have it bite his finger, right? That makes sense. Right. Doesn't happen. Hi, I'm looking for my brother. Yeah. Brother, are you in here? <laughs> he's like, what oh, the heck is he's oh, Clint. chicken? He just had a big meal, yeah. remember? I think it's kind of tacky to eat chicken in a fried chicken in a slaughterhouse. <laughs> remember that show Louie? He was like, well, chickens are dumb. Aren't they a little leery? We think they'd be a little leery of us by now, but no, they just, there's never any protest. You never see like a Martin Luther chicken. Oh no. Bye-bye, Clint. Bye-bye, Clint, who is an avid golfer, but can't be a golfer anymore. Um, he had a hip Why replacement that? and he had to quit. Was it because Carnosaur bit his head off? No, it bit his hip off. He used to play 150 rounds a year, he brags. That's every other day. Oh, well, who can blame him? I mean, he's been in the industry for so long. He must have a certain routine down. He's got a lot of time free to play golf. He also has a lot of free time because he plays World of Warcraft. Um, really? Well, well, that's great. He doesn't have to pay for skins to look like himself. Well... He does have that. Um, he is known for his activity in the World of Warcraft game. Howard plays a game, the game under the name Extas, E-X-T-A-S, on the Herod Classic Realm. How cool is that? He must have been doing that for a while. Yeah. The it thing is, if you're a Hollywood guy, you, you know, you go do a My Name is Earl episode, and then you're off for the rest of the day, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. They need you for a day shoot for Pumpkinhead 4, and then you got the rest of the afternoon. Now he brings it to the coroner, which I guess makes sense. Right, there's only four actors in this movie. Is he in a body bag? Oh, no, no, no. No, she's just sick, and so she's bundled up. He's just checking on his patients now. Everybody's sick. There's nothing he can do but have them sit around. There's no cure. So is this the coronavirus? Yeah, coronavirus virus. Oh, did you say coronavirus? No, I said coronavirus. 
This is a mock. Wow, always turn This is called a mock buster. <laughs> wow, so all these women are mock they know Jurassic they're pregnant? Park, right? Yeah. This is like the sick room. So this is like a oh, this guy's a good dude. This film made about a million bucks. They spent eight hundred fifty thousand to make it, and it made one point eight million. So just under a million dollars they made. Uh, that's why Roger Corman does it. Well, you, you know, like it did have a theatrical release. They did have the hype about going against Jurassic Park, but in reality, yes. they were playing like in the Brookline in these little small art house theaters. You know, like your little hipster theaters. So it wasn't like it was playing at the AMC. No, no, no. Okay, so... The assistant says, "Doc, you know, Doctor Tip, uh, Doctor Tip Tree, can I go home? I feel sick." She goes, "Yes, but come down here first. I want to examine you." And now Doc, who got her at gunpoint, right, is just sort of hanging out in the lab now. Right. He's not even, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like, He put his gun away, right? I guess so. Like, he got himself down there under gunpoint, and then he didn't do anything with her. <laughs> and now it's business as usual for her. Yeah. I know, it's really weird. Well, I, I'm sure, like, they just edited whatever scenes they had with her just to get this movie out. <coughs> like, it's probably not Diane. Diane Ladd, man, she's in some good movies. And her she's the mother of uh uh Laura Dern, right? Right. She's the mother of Laura Dern, and so everybody thinks that that's why she got the part. Uh she won Academy Award for Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, seventy four. She won a Golden Globe yeah, for great movie. the T V show Alice, you know, in between eighty and eighty one. Um, she received Emmy Award nominations for Wild at Heart, Rambling Rose. She was in Chinatown, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Ghosts of Mississippi, Primary Colors, 28 Days. And she's the mother of Laura Dern and the ex-husband, her ex-husband is Bruce Dern. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're all great actors. I love Laura Dern. I don't know if you ever saw that movie where, uh, uh, Matt Damon goes small downsizing. He right. turns into a little small guy. Yeah. He's fucking amazing in that movie. And then uh, he's good in uh, Big Little Eyes. I like everything Laura Dern does. And I like I like Diane Ladd and I like Bruce Dern. He's still alive. Okay, now. Uh-oh. It's sick. a girl. She died and now look what came out. Great. I'll take that. Husband's like, what the fuck just happened? Is it the husband? No, that's the... No, that's that guy. Look how calm he is. She was sick. She wasn't even pregnant. She just gave birth to a thing. Look at the mist coming out of the lab. See? Why is that? Weird. It's just movies. Oh, look at Welcome to my museum of eggs. Well, she's saying, be careful. Don't fuck with my eggs. And that's a strong, you know, later he'll be all happy about that because he can threaten her. 
Exactly. Oh, I'm going to shoot the egg. This is the most exciting I'm going to shoot the egg scene in That's movie right. history. <laughs> that is the most intense I'm going to shoot your egg scene I've ever seen. So, oh, yeah. Up there with the scene in Casablanca. The crew was given more time than usual in Corman Productions. Now, this was shot in 18 days, the principal photography at least. But Simon, like Adam Simon had six months to research and write it off the book. Um, they ignored a lot of plot points from the book. But I'm saying six months because of the special effects and everything. <clears throat> they right. didn't want to use stop motion because it would take too long and interfere with the filming. Real-time models. It looks that's better, what though. With. And green camera work. Yeah. How can we get into Yeah. Well, it's the point of view of the carnosaur. He sees a, chroma, a chromatic uh, vision. So the rebel forces need to go here because the... Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's not Star Wars. I don't know. It, um, so they had a three-foot T-Rex animatronic puppet. They had regular hand puppets. They had a suit model, you know, the suit. And they had the full-scale prop, of course, which was the robot. And it had a system life like hinges and cables and pulleys. Uh, they had a lot of different... Uh, uh, Puppets and robots and such. I heard. I heard they had to use part of the script to make that uh, carnosaur. Now it's turning into a pandemic kind of thing, and again, it's just another person who's right. sick. Contagion. Man, look at that car. That's pretty hot. Phew. It was very it's, difficult uh, for them to make this feel real, you know, the, the dinosaurs. Right. This guy's like, hey, thanks for taking my wife. I'm going to get going. That's exactly right. Hands on. Like, no, you're not. Come on, fellas. This is March Madness. You got to let me go home. Yeah. So they spent seven no, no weeks getting for me. ready with all the robots and special effects. Seven weeks. It's not your typical Corman, let's go and shoot movie. Yeah. Well, you know, like, I don't know how many theatrically released movies Corman for New Horizons were cranking out in 93. You know, I could see them make new Munchies movie on the DVDs, <laughs> you know, or... Because he would crank out these, you know, he's famous for his movies in the 50s and 60s, and they had a different distribution system back yes. then. Where they were driving, so they just needed shit. There were double feature houses that just needed garbage. They needed a B-movie, you know. And that, they that dried to get up. He didn't it. go away. You know, he, he, he stayed relevant. Yeah, because there's, like, video, direct-to-video, there's direct-to-cable, there's... Right. Right now, I mean, sci-fi, a lot of those, like, Octo Shark versus Shark Octopus. Those are all Corman productions. She's crazy, man. Look at her act. Really a cuckoo. 
I don't know. Maybe she's sane. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, she had the clever idea. Let me uh, get it, create a pandemic that gets women sick and produce uh, dinosaur babies. She's going to destroy the human race and replace it with robots. That's, is that the reason why I'm she's sorry, with dinosaurs. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the Dinosaurs robot. that happen to be robots. Right. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, it all blurs together. Uh, it's another dinosaur pregnancy. Oh, yeah. This is like, I didn't come to see this. I did not pay to go to the fucking Brookline movie house to watch this shit. I came yeah. to see Carnosaurs. Gross. Movie's so depressing. Tip tree. Crazy. Oh my god. Well, at least we don't have to watch Sam Elliott. Not Sam Elliott. Who's that? The guy in uh, Sam Neill. So, this Doc Smith, I don't know anything. Raphael Sabarge, I just don't know him. Uh, best known for his role as Archie Hopper, Jimmy Cricket in the <clears throat> Once Upon a Time. And huh. he was in the Mass Effect trilogy. I don't know. He was on TNT. Oh, those, those are video games. Series Murder in the First. Right. Well, I'm sure everyone was. You know, Carl, I just realized what you were saying. Laura Dern was in Jurassic Park. Yes. So it finally clicked. So the weekend that she came out, her mom her was mom. appearing in a ripoff movie. Right. So people <laughs> were like, it's a coup. Right. They couldn't tell them apart. They're like, which dinosaur movies are in uh, a Dern? Now, I don't know if it's very interesting, but also, um, uh, also, let me just see here. Clint Howard has a nephew uh, who's that woman in the new Jurassic Park films. Where is it? That's a bit of a trick. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A niece, right? Bryce Howard. Bryce Howard. Bryce, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. So, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, here it is. I don't know. Is that interesting? Corman couldn't have known that. Look at the doggies. I think they're so cute. They're going to get eaten. Oh, yeah. Oh, bad movie. You can, kill, you can kill 32 people, but the moment you get the doggy, that's it. Did the dog die? Yeah. Oh, all right. I'll check. Now look, she's waxing oh. philosophic. She's waxing poetic about a world, a beautiful world that she's gonna have made millions of years from now. That's so crazy. So she just wants to kill off the human race now. Right. So that. She's you like know, a Carnosaur Three was called Carnosaur. All right. Does the dog die, Carnosaur? Does the dog die? Yes. One vote. Does an animal die besides a dog, cat, or horse? Yes. Yeah, chickens. 
Are animals abused? Yes. Do they mean in the... I think those are the categories. Oh, does somebody vomit? Yes. <laughs> are there strobe effects? Yes. Is there childbirth? Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Does a pregnant woman die? Yes. Does someone miscarry? Yes. Is there sexual content? Yes. Yes? Now, this is Sheriff. Uh, is there blood gore? Yes. Throughout the film, and he's going to take on the dinosaur now. So he's like, come out here. It's just you and me. His name's Harrison Page. Yeah. <clears throat> Basically. Yeah, that's a cool name. Yeah, well, he's been all over, like, Jag and ER and and Melrose Place and Quantum Leap, you know, Wonder Years, Twenty One Jump Street, yeah. like all over TV. Dukes of Hazard, Hill Street Blues, Columbo. Everybody's been in Columbo. Oh, he was in Kung Fu. Yeah. So you think he played cops in all those shows? No, but but sort of, like Don Rickles, CPO Sharky. He was like. A regular, and he was in uh, Beyond the Fat right. Valley of the Dolls. He was in Lionheart with cool. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay, so he he's thinks, friends with one of the twins. He thinks the dinosaur's inside, but he gets a surprise. Ow! He got him. Nice shot. Yeah. Down for the count. So the cop is victorious. One. Sheriff Fowler. Two. Three. Eight, nine, ten. Ding, 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 ding. Sheriff wins. Sheriff wins. Don't go close to it, Sheriff. I know, you dumbass. It cost a lot of money to build that. Yeah, headshot. Quick before he chops you. <laughs> like a dinosaur knows what's going on. Oh, just shoot already. Ah! Oh. Let's see you. <coughs> that looks like alien. Ooh, valiantly <coughs> dies. Yep. In the line of duty. In the line. I'm sorry, ma'am, but you're. He died in the line of a duty protecting the world from a dinosaur outside a liquor store. That's what a pet shop. He got a raptor hook in his crotch. <laughs> He's a line of duty. Yeah, you heard me. Bum, bum, bum. So they wanted the like guy who wrote this uh, book to write the script, and he did write a first draft, and he sent it to Corman, and then Corman, like, just never bothered to talk back, you know, just forgot about him. As a matter of fact, in the end, his credit is reduced to original story. That's not bad. You get money off of that. It might be Sometimes that you, you don't get, get credit money, off. but there's no resemblance to the guy's book except for the name, and he was really disappointed. Can we be, can we be honest? That's all you need in this movie is the name Carnosaur, and it's sold. <laughs> well, all you need is Jurassic Park and it's sold. Yeah. I think I like Jurassic Park. That was pretty good. I like Lost World. I, I thought that was pretty good. 
Jurassic World, party time, excellent. Excellent. Party on, T-Rex. Party on, Carnosaur. <laughs> See, shot Diane Ladd is so not acting in this movie. He shot one of the eggs. She's so angry. She's so angry. That's her child. Don't look at her face. She's saying, don't do it. There's the uh, original anthem. Yeah, they can make a, vi a vaccine with that. That's what he wanted. So now he will leave the lab. Um, you see what I mean? It was so weird. He like went into the lab, got her at gunpoint, and then said, I'm going to hang with you for a while. Okay, James? <laughs> and she went, okay, darn it. And I'll tell you all about my evil plots. Right. Look out. Disco. Yep. That this is the strobe lights I was warned about. T-Rex. And that's the robot. That looks like one of those hallways. Like, you ever been to, like, a New York, like a Manhattan uh, 70s-inspired, like, office complex where they have, like, a long hallway with neon lights in it? Yep. You, you walk through there to get to the building. It's kind of cool. Diane, Am I done yet? No, Diane. Still more 20 minutes. Yeah, well, she was asking him, Simon if he could leave. He's like, nope. Yeah, that's the final act. Uh, well, Adam, I'm just going to sleep on set. It's just wake me when, I'm, when my final scene is ready. Oh, no, it's a birthday. I take it back. Yeah. Great. Now, she starts showing her cooch, but it comes out of her stomach. Huh. Well, it's, it is I mad. I don't know. I found the name Bryce Dallas Howard, Clint Howard's niece. And she is like a... Yeah. I don't like the term ginger. I like redhead much better, but that's what she is, just like her... Uh, just like her uncle Ron Howard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in uh, uh, Bond's... Uh, Lars Trier, Lars Van Trier movie. I... She kind of, I don't know, I, I've seen her in a bunch of stuff. You're right. I'll tell you, man, Jurassic World, who gives a fuck? I know. I Not I even my son, who loves Jurassic Park movies, doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. But what about the world? It's like, all right, here's the dinosaurs we all love. Yay, killer dinosaurs. And here's two lovable characters that we're going to stretch into three movies. Who gives a shit? I gave more shit about that little boy in Jurassic Park 3. Cause yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Jurassic Park 3, it's Laura Dern and Sam Neill. Like, we're still here. Oh, I think uh, didn't Goldblum show up in 3? He didn't show up in 3. Who? But he shows up in World. Jeff Goldblum. He no, shows up he in show Jurassic up in World. He showed up in the second yeah. one. Oh, no. Ew, gross. Diane, what are you doing? Ew. Ow. This is what my, this is what my synagogue taught me about sex. Really gross. You yeah, have to rip it out of your stomach. Yeah, I'll never have premarital sex. Yeah. She likes it. She Mama. likes it. Watch, see her face. Oh, I like it. My dinosaur. Hey. 
Doc is back and he's got the serum. And of course, girlfriend uh, is sick now. Charles in charge girl. So he's just going to take care of his uh, Charles in charge girl. No, he's going to fight the dinosaur and do what he has to do. Honey, how are you feeling? Oh, much better. This is a lot easier than being on the set of Charles in Charge. <laughs> she retired from acting after this film. Well, you know, if you put on a show, you get to give birth to a dinosaur. Dino dinosaur. Yeah, my dino is sore. <laughs> Uh, so right think about the time you you finally left the set of Charles in Charge (laughs) right relax think about think about happy things like leaving Charles in Charge so according to Corman uh, (laughs) Dr. Jane Tiptree was originally envisioned for a male character who had a great deal of strength at the same time was an intelligent person but no one was available is the way he puts it so Corman rewrote the character as a woman and offered it to Diane Ladd, having previously worked together on the 1966 film Wild Angels. Whoa, wow. Yeah. He must be good in that movie. 1963? 66 was Wild Angels. Yeah. Well, Bruce Turner did The Trip, right, with Corman? Right. Back in Bruce. 67 or something like that? Wait, The Trip yeah. with Jack Jack Nicholson was a Roger Corman film? Oh, you're right. I get the two mixed up. Well, The Trip and then there was Freak Out, right? Freak Out. That we sounds one of them. like Roger Corman, yeah. Well, there was one that Dick Clark ripped off. So, Dirk I'm pretty sure The, the Trip is... Psych, yeah. Psych Out. Was it called Psych Out? It, it was Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I think so. And... Quantum Leap. And that was guy. that was a Corman ripoff. It was a Dick Clark production, and the Corman himself took acid and made a movie called The Trip, and I believe that had Peter Fonda and Bruce Stern in it. Now, is The Trip with Jackie Gleason? Because that movie's still coming. Oh, that was to do. You you recommended it. Well, well, there's the. Oh, there's a, a series of mo- recent movies called The Trip, which is uh, Steve Coogan and Rob something, uh, and they play themselves. They're kind uh-huh. of like successful British comedians, and they go to different restaurants. And they, there's four of these movies. I think five? There's The Trip, where they go through England, and then there's like The Trip to Spain, The Trip to Italy, and I think they just did The Trip to Greece. I might have seen the trip uh, it was with yeah the english comedians and it, the guy was like the fifth person he called and yeah 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 right 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 that, that's but what was the jackie gleason one where he takes acid that's called skidoo oh oh oh, and oh. That, uh, I, of course i recommend that movie skidoo yeah. with an exclamation point it's coming yeah. so now he's going to give her the hot beef injection and that will cure her of the dinosaur, I guess. But what does that mean? It'll stop okay. growing? I don't know. That's his excuse for anything. Oh, I, I know a cure. You're not going to say it's sex again, are you? 
Yes. Ow. Ow. Now oh, look, these are all the sick people. By the way, this is Climax Nevada, which I think we saw in some other movie. Maybe you're right. It's a memorable name. Climax. Oh my god, he's grown. Yeah, this is the robot one. Wow. Was Climax Nevada the the uh, postal the postal movie? No. Maybe I don't remember much yeah. of that movie to be honest with you, except for the offended stuff. Or maybe what's that movie with Dino and uh, they swap? You know, the they pretend the wife is is from my favorite Martian guy, and that might be Climax Nevada. I forget. Okay, don't worry about it. Yeah. Kiss me, stupid. Well, you know, That's you can watch my favorite. You can watch my favorite Martian on on Tubi, T U B I, a, a streaming service. They have all the episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Now we're getting to the final count. It's Tractor versus Dinosaur. Killdozer. Right, and it's really reminiscent Boy, of right Aliens now. when uh, Ripley fights the alien with that that packing and loading robot. Well, I'm sure it was an inspiration. Or they just used what they had, which were going, 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 going. This is why I like Killdozer. It's nice and simple. A bulldozer hits a alien rock. Alien takes over the bulldozer and kills everyone. The end. Or yeah. but gets ensnared. The end. Now that it says Bobcat no. on the side, it doesn't say Unis Corporation. See. But it's miniature too. It looks like somebody's like prop. Whoa! Stop lifting the camera to the angle. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. Whoa! He's more like Godzilla. He has not eaten a, like a beef jerky. This carnosaur must be hungry by now. Yep. Wait till he finds out he's a father to four hundred carnosaurs. I'm out of here. That's the only way they get the dinosaur to leave town. You're the father. <laughs> he's going to be on Maury, and Maury's going to say, you are the father. <laughs> but Jane Tree is the father of all of those. So look. Why is why are we watching anything after Jane Triptree giving birth? Right? They should have ended the movie after that. The fact well, that it's fifteen more just minutes saved of Doc's effects. life. That's worth watching. I'd rather eat onions. Yeah, that's fine. They could have had all this before the doctor gives birth. Yes, they could have. It's just like such a gross scene. Like, why yeah, you, and you're right. Closure. It should have been like towards the, you know, a, a sort of finale kind of situation. You can't follow that. You can't follow that. How, how can you follow that? Diane Lamb giving birth to your stomach to a, a dinosaur. And now, it's, now there's going to be a fight. Yeah, I'm done. 
He's he's winning. Roar, 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 roar. Oh, it's oh, I'm sorry, Adam, Adam, Adam. I'm trying to get my character. What is the current for? Cut. What is the current for? I'm trying to get my character down. Should I be saying roar, 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 roar? I don't know. Let me consult with Michael Crichton's book. You should be saying rah, 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 rah. Why don't you try acting? Oh, that's low. I have. I must get into character. <laughs> Spielberg never treated me this way, Simon. Fuck you. Sounds like you can hear the robot. I guess it's the engine of the bobcat. Oh, yeah. It's the wheels inside the dinosaur robot. So sleepy, so, I ate an edible. Good night. Dead. Yay! Humankind won. Carnosaur zero. Nice bedroom, by the way. Looks like they put a mattress over the piano. Now, here's a reason why this movie sucks, right? This is our hero. He's fought hard. He's won. He's beat the dinosaur, right? He beats the dinosaur. He deserves, right? We're vicariously living through him. He deserves to live and prosper and go off into the sunset with the girl. But instead, he will be shot and killed. Ooh, very 70s. No, but for no reason. It's random. He didn't say. Well, that's how George Romero is the crazy end. Yeah, why would they shoot him anyway? He's not a, if they're affected, it doesn't mean you got to shoot him 12 times. Look, that guy hit him in the shoulder. You see, he was dead after the fourth time, asshole. Yeah. Yeah, shut up. This is one of the real reasons why this movie stinks. There's no... Oh, then they have to burn the body. Right. Well, so he, he no saved him from the, the dinosaur brain. He struggled hard to win. Wow. Ew. Burning a pregnant lady? Classy movie. Oh, no, and their DVD collection. Trick 2. And and they're Down killing the... the um, <laughs> well, what me worry. They're also killing the, the yeah. serum that has the cure. They're burning it. I know. what. You know, it reminds me of The Crazies. It was remade, too, with George Romero movie about a town that just goes nuts. And Donald Pleasant is the one guy who could who can cure it. And he runs out of the escapes only to be shot on, on sight. And that's Night of the Living Dead, too, right? Oh, here we go. Ooh, the reverse scroll. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We had watched Carnosaur from 1993. Carl, what'd you think of this movie? Piece of shit. Good for your show. Lots to talk about. No. It's depressing in my show. Yeah, lots to talk about. Just depressing premise. I never liked this movie. But we were able to watch two Adam Simon movies in a row. Right. Out of last week's episode. You can go to pcrcollective.org, aka mimiradio.fm, hit podcast archives and find it uh, with the previous week's date. Wow. All right. So we get to do the reverse credits. 
this is the part where I get out of the uh, the Brookline movie house like, fuck, what did I do to my life? Right. I think it was a midnight showing too, so I watched oh, that like good. two in the so morning. So at least you like, don't yeah. have that. There's that always that bummer when you leave the movie theater into broad daylight. Yeah, right. Well, speaking of broads, I was on a date. You know, when I was young, Mike, I would go on these dates, but I would always take them to see, like, Sandlot, which is a bunch of boys, or Problem Child, which is, like, misogynistic baby <laughs> shit. I never took or Carnosaur. I never took anyone. You know, one time I was on a date in the early 90s. I went to see Goodfellas, and it was great, but, you know, my date dropped me off, and I was like, we're going to meet Ruthie. Where's my date? You know, like, I got to see Aladdin, and when I went, uh, my date had her roommates with them, and I had to sit through a kids' movie, and they dropped me off. That was charming. Uh, that was a good way to spend my young life. Uh, operating title, service imagery, chickens are processed. <laughs> yeah, what a depressing. Even the credits are drab. Yeah, stage Scary. manager, studio teacher, craft services. Thank you, Michael. Yes. I mean, Michael, you, Michael. German, who did Keep craft coming. services. Well, usually they'll have something clever, like Chicken and Things, or, you know, Bobby's Summer, not this movie. Sex All right. Is hey, Carl, this was tough. Uh, I, I have two movies that I really want to see, okay. and I can't pick them between them. Okay. So I want to see The Castaways of Gilligan's Island, which is a TV movie. Would you be into that, or should we yeah. do the other movie? No, Castaways is good. The other movie? All right. So we want to chase the pace after these doubleheader of Adam Simon. I'm going to save my other good, bad movie. Read the Torah book. Oh, Torah, science fiction. So next week's movie is a made-for-TV movie. It was the second in a series of uh, TV-length movies. This one is called Castaways of Gilgan's Island. It stars the late Bob Denver, the late Alan Hale Jr., the late Russell Simmons, and... Uh, not Russell Simmons, that's the, the, the rap Russell, uh, Russell Johnson, and special guests, the late Tom Bosley and the late Maria Wallace. I don't think we have a uh, trailer for it. Oh, it's called, do you want to do the trailer for Castaways of Gilligan's Island? In a world where Gilligan is castaway. I'm castaway! Okay, wait, I found it. The Castaways on Gilligan's Island trailer. Two minutes, 27 You did find it, okay. Okay, guys, we're going to actually hear... The actual, so we want you to go. Uh, for our friends listening, still listening, where can they find this trailer? Who's hosting it? Okay. Uh, okay. Y you search for the Castaways on Gilligan's Island trailer, and the channel is Paul Dean Martin. Paul Dean Martin. And uh, okay. I'm at 000 buffered. In three, two, right. one. Wait, should I do? Go and get everyone all fucking screwed up. Three, two, one, go. All right. Ooh, some guys having fun already. Paul Dean's kind of thank you, Paul. This is probably a fan-made trailer. I guess. That is not the USS Minnow. That's an airplane. Is there something wrong with the audio? I don't Weird. hear. Yeah, I have it at 98. I don't. I hear like, oh, it's a minnow three. I think this guy is bullshitting us. I don't know what the fuck we're watching, Carl. 
Right. It's a plane having trouble, so I guess it'll crash on the island. It's a minnow three. Oh, finally. It really is Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Here on Gilligan's Island. Just a little bit older. And, uh, and one of them is not the original cast member. Can you figure out who? Uh, I'll probably Ginger, but I'll look. Marianne would definitely be on this show. Yeah, it's Ginger. Yep. Ginger is not the original Ginger in this. Why? Dyed her hair. I don't know. Why don't you ask uh, Scorch or whatever her name was? Okay, I will. From uh, A Very Brady Christmas. So this audio is some other audio than the trailer. Yeah, this trailer is kind of weird. Well, I think I've seen this one. This is not the Harlem Globetrotters did not crash on. That's a different movie. Uh, I think this one they open up like a fantasy island love boat uh, resort, and we get to see adventures of like Tom Bosley and his wife on a, a resort. Come on, you. Or not? I have no idea. You pine? What is it? Pine space nut? <laughs> what was? <laughs> you far out space nut? You far out space nut? Okay, that looks. Interesting. We shall see. Castaways. Okay. Castaways on Gilligan's Island. Okay. Castaways on, not of Gilligan's Island. You're absolutely right. Castaways on Gilligan's Island uh, will be next week's movie. So check it out. You can follow our podcast if you haven't already at L W A S L M O Y C. That's the reason for the acronym. Carl takes our episodes in the movies we watch and syncs them together. We have over like 50 videos. And a great variety if you go to our YouTube channel. You could do LWAFLMOYT. Don't subscribe. Don't like them, uh, our videos. Just check it out. And uh, we're also on Twitter with 30 followers. And we have a Facebook page. Let's watch the full <laughs> movie on YouTube. And we'll be back here on Mutiny Radio. Support MutinyRadio.fm. A lot of crazy stuff on the air. And you could uh, – our GoFundMe descended. We want this uh, place to still exist. So go to Venmo. Donate some money to at Mutiny Radio. Keep us on for another month. I dare you. Uh, and that's been the show. Carl, what a pleasure. Audience, what a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, thank you, Carl, for your hard work on this. I do appreciate it. I appreciate always. you. Always. Happy to do it. Great. Well, cool. Audience, we're always happy to do it. And we'll see you next week for the Castaways on Gillian's Island. on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now.
now, follow me later. I mean, for right now, uh, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with my Alright folks, Flat Black Plastic, if you're in the neighborhood, come in here and see the new art, the new paintings. Why does it sound so quiet? Is it really supposed to sound this quiet? Does it sound quiet? Responsibility and For me, the day has become an excuse. Letters to Ziola. great it would be if the sun lost all responsibility and left us here. For me, the day has become an excuse. But I too have found a way of not waking up. I've been asleep now for days and days and days. I feel as if I'm sitting in an open box car and it's heading out of town. It looks like the inside of a prison cell. I'm scared. And I'm excited. My days and my dreams have never known each other so well. In the course of my day, I have no idea where I'm going. But in my dreams, no matter where I end up, as soon as sleep rolls over me, I sneak out and head downtown. My dreams allow me to cheat. My dreams punish me. They're so vivid. I see pictures so clear, it would be forgery to paint them. I hear songs as clear as a summer radio. Songs past the time, as the boxcar heads south. I woke up in the late afternoon. On a day like this, I wonder if you age less because you didn't use all of it. You see, if that's so, then you should be able to live twice as long as anyone else just by waking up at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. 
turn on the late afternoon TV. There's all the career school commercials, drug addict, alcohol rehabilitation commercials. I think to myself, gee, I doubt we drink and get high. And the phone rings, but I don't answer because I don't care who it is. I don't got anything I want to talk about. I remember when you used to come up. Remember? Yeah, you say, oh, we're going to be famous. Yeah, that's how you'd always end the conversation. Inspirational message. It was okay between the two of us. It's funny, you know, but inspirational messages always seem most possible when you're totally wasted. What do I need? What is going to bring me around? not listening to ex-drug addicts. I know for a fact all drug addicts are liars. I get off on athletes when they start getting all inspirational. Then they gotta go and mention Jesus and ruin it. Weight loss commercials are pretty good, you know. Some 40-year-old lady who's lost 85 pounds. And I look at her and I think she could not possibly have more guts than I do. Books. The Bible's never really done it for me. You know, being an extremist, I've always thought it was just too popular. There's a paper in Los Angeles called The Recycler. The Recycler has given me a lot of inspiration. I remember when I first moved here and the determination that I had to get a job and find a band, get an apartment. You know, if only I had a cool apartment. I'll save every penny and I'll buy myself some equipment. Always just two or three steps behind happiness. It's too bad they don't do centerfolds or cover stories. I'd kind of like to be on the cover of the recycler. I had no friends at the time. All my friends now are drug addicts. I don't believe that I would ever wish that I had no friends. You never met Bernice or Alfred. They're a couple that have been through thick and are now very thin. Bernice is usually in a better mood than I am when I see her. She lives on the street. She's an adorable Mexican girl. She seems like you were to take her home and scrub her up, she'd probably start singing and <laughs> become America's sweetheart. Alfred sits on the curb and reads. 
He reads more than I do. I like to believe it's because he's got more time. Last dream I had, I drove downtown and I just stayed there. Hung out with Alfred. Both sat on the curb, talking all sour over current events. While Bernice and Casey hustled up the business. I can see the only difference is that right now we're making our rent. I remember something about boxcar. Inside of it, there's something on the wall. Bernie's I got another one for you. All men are created with equal time. Father time has got to be the richest make-believe individual that never lived. A man that knows what to do with his time is a man, I guess, that's up in the front of the line. In the course of a day, a man can make three phone calls and make $3,000. Another man can curl up his bicep for three hours and he can puff up his arm three inches. And another man can stand on the corner chasing down cars for three hours and end up with three spoons credit with Kiko. Me, I spend days on end trying to come up with a three-minute poem that's gonna mean something to somebody. Turned out to be nice. 